Is Barack Obama a gay crackhead? He is, according to Larry Sinclair, a recent guest on Tucker's show, who claims to have firsthand, as it were, knowledge of Obama's proclivity for both drugs and friends of Dorothy. You're just a guy who's in town for the night, and it sounds like you're looking to party. Yeah. Pulled up in a bar outside, and there's this guy that's introduced to me as Barack Obama. I had given Barack $250 to pay for Coke. I start putting a line on a CD tray to snort, and next thing I know, he's got a little pipe and he's smoking. So I just started rubbing my hand along his thigh to see where it was going, and it went the direction I had intended it to go. Even though you had sex with him twice, you did Coke with him, watched him smoke crack twice. You had no idea who he was. I had no idea who he was. Let me just ask the obvious question. What was Obama like on crack? Um, is it your sense that that's who Obama is, just transactional, or that he's bisexual, or like, what is this? It definitely wasn't Barack's first time, and I would almost be willing to bet you it wasn't as long. The guy's running for president, and credible information comes out that he's smoking crack and having <laughs> sex with dudes. That seems like a story. Well, it would be a story if the media really cared about telling people the truth. Now, I'm not saying the man is credible, but I will say he sounds a lot more credible than Christine Blasey Ford, who accused Justice Brett Kavanaugh of trying to rape her when they were 15 or something. He sounds a lot more credible than that Bergdorf Goodman lady who said that Trump ravished her in a department store dressing room. In both of those cases, their stories kept changing. And in the case of Ford, there's no evidence she ever even met Kavanaugh. In the case of Larry Sinclair, he's been keeping his story straight. Well, not exactly straight, obviously, but his story consistent since 2007, which raises another question. Larry Sinclair has been telling his story since 2007. So why are people only talking about it now? In part, you might say, it's because Obama's long out of office, so the media no longer feel the need to protect him. Maybe. But the media still love Obama. They still carry water for him all the time. That's not why this conspiracy theory is finally being discussed more seriously. What's changed is not how the media view Barack Obama. What's changed is how we view conspiracy theories, since so many of them have come true. Today, unlike in 2007, we know that there actually is an elite pedophile ring comprising some of the most prominent people on earth. They even have their own island. We've seen the pictures of it. We know that the virus that served as a pretext to shut down the world almost certainly did leak from a biolab, contrary to to what we were told at the time. That was a conspiracy theory, remember? We know that the measures imposed on us to fight that virus were pretty much all bogus, ineffective when they weren't outright harmful and intentionally dishonest. We know that the DOJ used made-up evidence to spy on Donald Trump's campaign. We know that the FBI just this past year was spying on Catholic parishes and then lying about it. We know that the CIA had a relationship with John F. Kennedy's assassin. We even now know that they actually were turning the frickin' frogs gay. So is it really such a stretch to believe that the effete politician who admitted in writing his penchant for cocaine and homoerotic fantasies might have done some weird drug and sex stuff with the guy in Chicago? I'm not saying I believe it, but at this point, there is very little that would surprise me. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. 
Welcome back to the show. Right now, you can go to GoodRanchers.com. Use my code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, for 30 bucks off any box. Promo code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, GoodRanchers.com, GoodRanchers.com, American meat delivered. The libs, the wily coyote libs, they're trying to get Trump again. This time, a liberal group is filing a 14th Amendment lawsuit to keep Trump off the ballot in Colorado. Because, you know, Trump, he could never win. No one would ever vote for Trump. That's why they're trying to take him off the ballot. We'll get to that in just a moment. First, though, speaking of male camaraderie, the liberals are throwing the Proud Boys in prison for decades. These are people who walked around the Capitol on January 6th, the worst day in the history of the world, the day when the light of democracy was almost snuffed out forever. Uh, These are people who... I'm not saying they didn't make a nuisance of themselves. I'm not saying they weren't a little bit rowdy, but compared to what the liberals have done, the environmental activists, the BLM activists, Antifa, compared to those guys who have nary gotten a slap on the wrist, uh, what the Proud Boys and the rest of the January Sixthers did is child's play. And they they had the book thrown at them. While the BLM rioters who, who burned down cities, who killed people, who looted coast to coast, Many of them were dismissed even without a warning. You know, they just had the charges dropped. Uh, The the Proud Boys now are going to prison for, what, 10 years, 17 years. In the case of the leader, Enrique Tarria, who wasn't even in D.C. on January 6th, he's got 22 years in prison for the seditious conspiracy to, I don't know, go take a photo with Nancy Pelosi's lectern. I don't know, the seditious, treasonous conspiracy, the very near coup d'etat that involved cracking a Coors Light in the Capitol Rotunda. These must be the worst insurrectionists in the history of America because they didn't bring any weapons. I don't know what they thought was going to happen. I don't know what the liberals thought that the supposed insurrectionists were going to do. But more is coming out about the Proud Boys. The liberals hate the Proud Boys. They say they're the worst terrorist group in America. And the Daily Star has found out about the Proud Boys' initiation rituals. And they say these are the far-right Proud Boys' sick initiation rituals, strict rules concerning depraved sexual acts that one performs alone, and violence. I thought, okay, the sick initiation rituals, the the strict rules around sexual acts. Okay, well, what are they? What are they? This is what the liberals find so repulsive, horrific, terrifying that they've got to lock these guys away for two decades. These are the sort of things, which I'll read in a second, they're going to keep you up at night unless you have a Helix mattress. Right now, go to helix.com slash Knowles. With everything going on in the world right now, you could really use a good night's sleep. That's why you got to check out Helix Mattress. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, and a mattress for big and tall sleepers, even a mattress made just for kids. I've had my Helix for years. I absolutely adore it. I sleep magnificently, and I want the same for you. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, because why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? Go to helixsleep.com slash Knowles. Take their two-minute sleep quiz to find the perfect mattress for your body type. You don't want someone else's mattress. Get out of my mattress. I'm a married man. Head on over right now to helixsleep.com. Helix is offering 25% 
off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners in honor of Labor Day. Go to helixsleep.com slash Knowles. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. This is their best offer yet. It will not last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. The Daily Star has taken a deep dive into the Proud Boys' downright weird doctrine. From its twisted rituals and West is best mentality to its no, I don't want to say this on air, no sex alone with yourself decree. Okay, so this is what they say is weird, twisted. They say the West is best mentality. So if you believe that Western civilization is good, perhaps better than other civilizations, that's sick. That's twisted, according to the Daily Star. Nothing seems particularly out of the blue, with the first stage being to recite the oath, I'm a proud Western chauvinist. I refuse to apologize for creating the modern world. Okay, this term is obviously tongue-in-cheek because the word chauvinism comes from Nicolas Chauvin, this French soldier, maybe legendary French soldier, who was gutted and chopped up and torn up and killed so many times for the French army, but he kept going out there to fight. You know, nothing could possibly stop him from the battle. So it's it's a term that refers to excessive love and pride, and uh, it, it's it's a caricature in itself. And the Proud Boys being a fraternity for older fellas, you know, a fraternity for guys in their 30s, uh, obviously take part in this kind of hyperbole. So that that's obviously hyperbole. I refuse to apologize for creating the modern world. Frankly, <laughs> if there's anything that I object to in the Proud Boys uh, initiation ritual, it's the refusal to apologize for making the modern world because the modern world is pretty messed up. But anyway, obviously this is just a almost entirely unobjectionable sentence. Next, a group of helmet-wearing thugs pummel the pledger until they can name five breakfast cereals. This is just hazing. This is just, this is just what they do in fraternities. It's not, they're trying to make this out as, as some kind of dark, insane, you know, skinhead neo-Nazi group. This is the sort of thing that you do freshman year in college when you're initiated into a fraternity. And the guys come out and they're kind of beating you up a little bit. And they say, you got to say, come on, Fruit Loops, Cheerios. Come on, oh, I can't, it hurts. Come on, guys. This is really, really basic stuff. And of course, writes the Daily Star, you've got to be an alpha male and renounce the cancer of feminism. Yeah, feminism's a cancer. It's awful. It's ruined society. It's, it's the cause of a number of social problems. It's also a symptom of some social decay. It's made women miserable. It's made men miserable. Yeah, total common sense. Then being a man requires four things. The group's original founder, Gavin McGinnis, previously said, you have to have had a broken heart. You have to have, you have to break someone's heart. You have to beat the SHIT out of someone and you have to have the SHIT beaten out of you. That's pretty much true. To, it's sad that that is the process of becoming a man. If you can, Avoid breaking someone's heart if you can. It's bad to break someone's heart, so avoid it if you can. It's a fallen world, and most of us do it. If you can, I guess avoid having your heart broken, but you're not going to be able to do that. If you can, avoid beating the SHIT out of someone, but maybe you're going to have to. Sometimes you got to stand up for yourself. And it is a part of growing up to get the SHIT beaten out of you. Figuratively, literally, or both. Usually both. Once you've had the Proud Boys tattoo etched on your arm, 
Then you pop on the uniform, which consists of a black and yellow Fred Perry polo shirt. So even, even the uniform is kind of ironic and a little bit hipster. And it's just a plain, it's a polo shirt. It's just a shirt that normal people wear. It's not, it's not a clan robes with a hood, with a pointy hat. It's not, you shave your head. It's, you just wear a polo shirt and you act like a normal guy. The rule book reads, this is the one that they really got upset with. No heterosexual brother of the fraternity shall, shall we say, stimulate himself more than one time in any calendar month. Uh, Self-stimulation is a lack of impulse control, one member told SBS Dateline. If you control your impulses, you can control and regulate most aspects of your life. So the, the liberals now are complaining that the Proud Boys don't want you to be a wanker. That's it. That's it. That How perverse is our society that when guys come around and say like, hey, dudes, control yourself, control your appetites. Don't be a lame loser wanker sitting alone in your room looking at pornography. Like get some control over your life and stop being a weirdo and a pervert. That when when guys just give that advice, which was the advice that all teachers of virtue taught for all of human history, the liberals come in and say, no, you have to go look at porn, go into your closet, go into your room and go do, do depraved sexual acts. So, so pathetic. If you're thinking of getting high, heroin and crystal meth are absolute no-nos. However, you can indulge all you like in cocaine. So there are, I don't know, what, what are the liberals upset about here? That the Proud Boys are saying you can do coke or that the Proud Boys are saying that you can't do heroin and crystal meth? Because what I hear from the liberals is we need to legalize all these drugs. We need safe syringe shoot-up areas. We need to turn San Francisco into one big crack den. One big, I'm sorry, one big heroin den, one big fentanyl den. So the Proud Boys are at least saying, hey guys, do fewer drugs than you might otherwise be inclined to do. And outside the realm of narcotics, also banned is wearing flip-flops, fedoras, or cargo shorts to any Proud Boys meetup. Great. I don't, what's the problem here? I don't, the chauvinism line is hyperbolic, but it's kind of funny. I don't, I'm not a big tattoo guy. I, I think one time a month for that thing that they tell you not to do is too much also. And I, I would generally discourage cocaine. But the Proud Boys initiation rituals, by and large, are are not so bad. Actually, the Proud Boys initiation rituals are much healthier than the initiation rituals pushed by our broader culture. Our broader culture has initiation rituals too. All cultures do. And what are the initiation rituals for us? It's to uh, go to college and be brainwashed and told to hate your parents and your country and to become a huge lib, if not an outright communist. Your initiation rituals involve tons of promiscuous sex, looking at a bunch of porn, doing a bunch of drugs, dressing like a slob, being told that men are evil, uh, being told that your country is evil, being told that if you're a white person, heaven forfend, you're definitely evil. Being t- Those are all bad Those are bad initiation rituals, and they are ubiquitous in our country, and they start at age four. They start at age three. Forget about them starting at age 25 or whenever people join the Proud Boys. It's not a defense of the—if I were running the Proud Boys, I'd probably do things a little bit differently. But but you say this is the great threat to our country? Compared to the the other groups in our country, including the, the mainstream, the elite, the ruling class, these guys are downright wholesome. So because of that, they got to lock them away for 22 years. Speaking of rituals young people face, COVID is coming back. I've mentioned this for a while. It's right on time because the election is one year away. And some people deny this. They say, I don't know, Michael. I don't think it's really going to come back. I think you're just a little paranoid. Well, 
While you are denying that we are about to enter phase one of the COVID comeback, COVID 2.0 electric boogaloo, we're already in phase three. Phase one was when Lionsgate and Hollywood started to re-implement the mask mandates. That was the little test. How are these headlines going to work? There was a strike going on at the time, so Hollywood was basically shut down. It was, a, it was an easy test. Are people going to accept these masks? Okay, then after that, we got to a, a school in Atlanta. This was a college. We got to a college in New Jersey. Are they going to accept this? Again, it's the summer that these colleges are beginning to bring back the mask mandates. Not too much risk. Okay, people are going along with it. That was phase one. Phase two was when the White House came out and said, Joe Biden is going to mask up. Some, some government officials are going to start putting the masks back on. That's a lot more public. Is that going to, how's the public going to react to that? Okay, the public's basically going along with it. Now we're in phase three, which is K through 12 schools all around the country are beginning to re-implement the masks. Kinterbish Junior High School in Alabama has asked all students, staff, and visitors to start wearing masks in the classrooms to slow the spread of COVID. Alabama, we're not talking about New York and California. Alabama, Talladega City School District, more than 1,700 students, has urged children and staff to wear masks. Maryland Elementary School, has sparked outrage after telling the students not only to wear masks, but to wear those N95 masks, which pose certain health risks, by the way. We just learned that a week or two ago. And also they're extremely uncomfortable and they want them to do it just for 10 days, despite only a handful of kids testing positive for COVID and despite COVID not posing a particular threat to young people. And then New York, New York health officials providing free masks in schools throughout the state as a response to rising COVID, you're seeing this also start to happen in LA. We're in phase three, guys. And it's, it seems so audacious. It seems so impossible to believe that they're going to bring this back. Frogs get very quickly accustomed to the increasing temperature in the water. All right? It's an image that is cliche at this point, but it's cliche for a reason because it accurately describes political operations. We are the frog being boiled in water. This occurred to me because as I saw the masks starting to come back, it, I realized that I had already forgotten about how insane COVID was. They shut down our country for over two years, pretty much just to rig a presidential election. It wasn't because the virus was particularly dangerous. It wasn't because the, the measures that they put into place were particularly effective. They weren't. In some cases, they were quite harmful. They just did it to rig the election. That's why they did it when they did it. That's why they're doing it when they do it again. They haven't done this every year. COVID's pretty much been over for two and a half years. They're only bringing this back in the lead up to the 2024 election. And it's so hideous because our relatives died alone. Many people didn't get to say goodbye to their parents. Weren't allowed to hug their loved ones. Had to postpone their weddings weren't allowed to see their babies right away after they gave birth, weren't allowed to have funerals, weren't allowed to have Christmas. I mean, they, they, really, they really did us dirty, the ruling class, and they did it to rig an election. That's, that was the, maybe some of them were sincerely worried about the virus. Maybe some of them were just exaggerating their fear of the virus. But the political incentive to keep this country locked down was all about the 2020 election, and this time it's all about 2024. And the fact that it was so egregious and it was so traumatic. And then we all just kind of forgot about it and moved on. It just shows you how quickly 
that memory evaporates. And they're going to do it again, and we're, and that water's going to be boiling hot before we know it. And already, the elected officials are going off script. So what do we say? Phase two of bringing the masks back? They're going to be like 50 phases. But phase two was Joe Biden is going to start masking up again. And yet he just showed up to an event with the press and he walks on stage and he's not wearing a mask. Now, the mask for your face is made of cloth and is completely ridiculous. The mask for your house is made of glass. It's called a window. And there are nice window installations that you can have around them, shutters, blinds, all that sort of thing. And when those are very good, you need those on your house. When you want to address your home's windows, you got to check out Renewal by Anderson. Right now, text Knowles to 200-300. For most homeowners, window replacement is not something they've done before, and for many, it is not something they want to do, but something they have to do. If you have put off replacing the windows in your home because it's too expensive, well, I've got great news. You can now get a free in-home window consultation and a free price quote from Renewal by Anderson. Renewal by Anderson's signature service is committed to giving you the best customer service possible, supported by the best people in the industry, a superior process, and an exclusive product. Right now, Renewal by Anderson is offering a free in-home or virtual consultation on durable, quality, affordable windows or patio doors for $0 down, zero payments, and zero interest for one year. Text Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to 200-300 for your free consultation to save $375 off every window and $750 off every door. These savings will not last long, so be sure to check it out by texting Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to 200-300. That is Knowles to 200 200- 300. I've been told someone wrote into the show, contractor or carpenter, who said that whenever he goes in and sees homes with Renewal by Anderson, the uh, work is so much better than any of the competition. And I have a cousin who works for them too. It says they're great. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop to opt out. Go to windowappointmentnow.com for the full offer details. Just a day or two after Joe Biden says that he's going to start wearing the masks again, he walks into an event, he's not wearing a mask. Hello, everybody. Let me explain to the press. I've been tested again today. I'm clear across the board. But they keep telling me because this has to be 10 days or something, I got to keep wearing it. But don't tell them I didn't have it on when I walked in. The press laughs. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Who are they laughing at? They're laughing at you. That's who they're laughing at. They're not laughing at Joe Biden. Joe Biden's saying, ha, I said I was going to wear a mask, but I'm not going to wear it. It's okay. I don't have COVID. Ha, ha, ha. The only reason that we're all supposed to be wearing these masks is because COVID is allegedly this deadly, horrific disease that's going to kill us all if we don't upend society and rules and regulations and laws and individual liberties and all the rest of it to protect against it. That shouldn't be a laughing matter when you violate that. But it is because they know that the virus isn't particularly dangerous and they know that it doesn't merit upending society other than the political ends that they're trying to inflict. So Biden, he can choose to not wear his mask and he probably does a lot. The press, they don't need to wear their masks. But you do. And that's the punchline. That's the joke of it. Speaking of laughing, there's a woman. I don't know if I'm allowed to get to this bit on YouTube. This part might be cut out of YouTube. So if you want this bit, you got to go head on over to Daily Wire Plus or Twitter at M. Knowles Show. There's a woman who's very upset because at her office, at her job, she was called a woman. 
two things to know. I'm non-binary. I go by they, them. And I work in a store that is pretty much all women. So whenever they're like addressing us or when they're talking, they're always like, hey, ladies. So I've taken it upon myself as someone that is non-binary to use this uh, to not listen. And whenever anyone addresses a group as ladies, I am not included. So when they say, hey, ladies, let's like stop talking or hey, ladies, let's like get to work. I will do none of it because you're not talking to me. You're not talking to me. You're not talking to me, so I will not listen to anything that is said when it is started with "Hey, ladies, I'm a lady, not a lady, a lady." Okay, so she's not going to listen, and she's not going to do her job, and so she shouldn't have a job, and the employers should have the right to fire her because she's obviously a terrible employee. But they don't really have that right right now, because you know the minute that they fire this woman for not doing her job and not following orders, that woman is going to come back and sue and say that this is they, they deophobia. This is, uh, this is a homophobic, transphobic, phobic, phobic, whatever. And th- she'll probably win the lawsuit because we don't have freedom of association in America. We have freedom of association in as far as if you don't want to hire white people or admit white people to your university or your club, that's fine. But any other group, any other racial group, that would be discrimination. You have to admit people of those other groups. We have freedom of association. If you don't want to let a Christian in or hire a Christian or let a Christian practice his religion, uh, that's fine. But any other religious group, that's not fine. You are obligated to indulge those things. Uh, If you're just a straight, normal person who's married and has a family, you can discriminate against that person. But anyone else, if a woman thinks she's a man or if they're in a homosexual couple or throuple or quadruple, then those are protected people. How did we get to this place? Through the weaponization of civil rights law, because civil rights law is in place to address uh, historic uh, discrimination, specifically against black people. And then after the civil rights law was installed, uh, this was taken as a model for all sorts of other left-wing causes. The, the Ford Foundation, in particular, promoted this. Uh, this, this was the story of the 19, late 1960s through 1970s. There's a good book by Mike Gonzalez from the Heritage Foundation on this. I forget the name of the book. Uh, but, but as a result of that, freedom of association is gone in America. And I think I've now gotten to the point where I'm so conservative that I'm kind of a libertarian again. You know, I'm not really a libertarian, but the libertarians harp on this notion of freedom of association, that you ought to be able to fire the people you want to fire, and you ought to be able to hire the people you want to hire, and you ought to, you ought to have freedom of association. The argument against freedom of association, the way that this bedrock American principle was destroyed in the middle of the 20th century, was that it could be used to unjustly uh, discriminate against black people, specifically. And that would be a very bad thing, and we don't, you don't want to do that. But the erasure of freedom of association has not gotten rid of unjust discrimination. It's actually expanded unjust discrimination. And so I think the only way to, to restore a normal society where a company is allowed to fire an obviously deranged person who refuses to do her job because she doesn't know that she's a woman and refuses to answer to the term lady— uh, the only way to restore that normal society, it, as a practical matter, is probably through a restoration of the freedom of association. 
We have a nice happy meeting point between the conservatives and the libertarians here. What is the future of conservatism? Mike Pence has thoughts, which we'll get to in just one second. First, though, my favorite comment yesterday is from Phil Vedda, 3309, who says, is Fauci's defense really the singular for data is anecdote? This guy's supposed to be one of the smart people. It is. You make a great, great point. The, uh, the, the matter uh, that occurred with Dr. Fauci was that Dr. Fauci uh, said that we have to ignore the data. Uh, we have to ignore what's going on with uh, masks and vaccines and all of the sorts of uh, measures to combat COVID because individually they might work. The studies say that the masks don't work, but individually maybe they do. So it, we're actually hearing this call to say, hey, ignore the data, trust your anecdotes whenever it is convenient. Now, Mike Pence has a lot of thoughts on the future of conservatism, but I've got to pause you right there and tease this because we have got to get to my friend, Candace Owens. I'm not allowed to show this Candace interview on YouTube right now. So <laughs> if you want to see the interview, you got to go to dailywire.com and you've got to go to M. Knowles' show on X because we're talking about Candace's new show. My dear, wonderful to have you with us as always. So listen, Candace, you and I have a lot of things in common, but one thing we have in common is when the entire culture is saying one thing, like the culture might be right, sometimes it's right. But our first instinct is to say, eh, probably wrong. They're probably totally wrong. And so you, I didn't even watch the Making a Murderer series. I only heard about it. But I just assumed if everybody's saying this guy is innocent, he's got to be guilty of sin. And I know you actually followed it very, very closely. And then you, because you're like a dog with a bone, because you refuse to let anything like this just slip through the culture, you said, uh, no, I'm going to prove that this jerk totally did it. Is that basically how this project came about? Uh, listen, I don't want to give too many spoilers here, but I will say that I obviously have a fascination with the media's ability to brainwash not just every, the masses in general, even us. Like, I did this sort of backwards examination of why I used to support the LGBTQ movement, and I only recently discovered that the entire Laramie Project thing was a lie. Yeah, they, they, they yes. put on Yeah, they put on a play at my school, yep. convinced me that this gay kid, for the simple crime of being gay, was tied to a fence and killed— it was a complete lie, a total media agreed upon lie so that they could further their own agenda. Yeah. And so, yes, this project, making Convicting a Murderer, which stems from the Netflix series, Smash series, Making a Murderer, where everyone was kind of very anti-police. This was kind of like White Lives Matter. Like before, before there was White Lives Matter, for Black Lives Matter, there was White Lives Matter. And everyone just sort of paid the police and they wanted to believe that, you know, this man who was at one point in his life wrongly convicted, uh, wrongly convicted of an attempted murder that he did not actually commit. It was before DNA. So they wanted to believe that maybe twice he just keeps getting himself into these circumstances. And Netflix seized on it because they knew that they could just manipulate people's emotions and make them think that the ag a very ag aggressive person, his entire life story is incredibly aggressive, could potentially be an angel. So it, it was a fascinating story to look into. The Laramie Project comparison is a really good one because it, it also lets 
all of us off the hook for, because I've been duped by some of these things, especially mm-hmm. when I was younger. And it, it lets us off the hook a little bit in that, I don't know what happened to Matthew Shepard. I'm just hearing about this guy on the news. I'd, I have no reason, I guess, not to think that they're broadly telling me the truth. And then though, like in that case with the Laramie Project, you look into it and you see, oh no, actually the fact that he was a homosexual is really just a side part of the story. There's mm-hmm. there's so much more here. So why was the story pushed in the first place? It's not because the media cared about a guy like Matthew Shepard. It's because they were trying to push a broader social and cultural right. agenda. Presumably, they're doing the same thing here. I don't think they actually care about this guy, Stephen Avery, no. but they do care about promoting crime. They do care about undermining law enforcement and law and order more broadly. So I don't want you to give away too many spoilers. The show should be a huge smash because it's giving the answer, uh, the the reality to to what Netflix was promoting. But, uh, you know, give me a little taste. Like, what did, you know, what did you see? Here's what I will say is don't be afraid to eat some humble pie. I think that's been one of the greatest like things that I, I've always practice humility. I mean, I had everything wrong. If you spoke to Candace Owens when she was 18, pro-choice, liberals are good, Republicans are racist. And it's actually been such an exciting thing. Once you release that egotistical element that makes you think, oh, I had to have had it all right, and you actually learn the truth, it's amazing. It's actually amazing because then it allows you to further examine your psyche and how your psych- psychology is being impacted and how the media really plays the biggest role in this, how your emotions plus the media can just completely disrupt your, your a, a true analysis. And this is a circumstance where you have this man, Stephen Avery, something did actually wrongfully happen to him when he was wrongfully convicted before DNA. Um, evidence was available of a uh, raping and leaving someone left for dead. She actually survived. She pointed him out and she said, this guy did it. She thought it was him, really thought it was him. And then they found out after 16 years that it actually wasn't him. They released him from prison. He's not out for prison long before suddenly he is being convicted of another murder. He's being accused of another murder, which was the murder again of Teresa Hallback. And this inspired, you know, some Netflix documentary makers. And you're exactly right. You're going to see the same characters again that were pushing this idea that he was innocent. Let me say one thing. If Alec Baldwin ever tells you that somebody's innocent, they're probably not. Okay. It's <laughs> a good rule of thumb. If so- Alec Baldwin and Trevor Noah are getting behind something, you are probably uh, taking part in a media simulation. And uh, it's all the same usual suspects. And I I think that people who followed the story closely, the tens of million people around the world, are just going to be shocked at how far the media will go to sell you an idea, how how often they omit facts because they already have this packaged uh, idea that they're trying to sell you at the end of it. And in this circumstance, it's that police are rotten, police are backwards, police are wrong, police are corrupt. And that has really kind of been a a media theme for the last 10 years. I saw even in the trailer that the the documentary left out specific crucial pieces of evidence, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's really bad. I, I mean, and what's I think most shocking is that the documentary makers won an Emmy for this. And and it's interesting that the amount of celebrities that got involved with this, it pretty much, like I said, if Hollywood's involved, you pretty much know that you're probably being duped and you're being misled. I have a lot of questions about why Alec Baldwin is always the center of all of these things. 
But this became something that so many celebrities were obsessed with. And they believed that this was like the innocence project, uh, one of these innocence project people that and you look into it and you're like, this person isn't innocent at all. Why, why are we trying to get this person back onto the streets? But this one has been so long lasting. There's still a very dedicated Stephen Avery cult just announcing this documentary without even saying what our intentions were, just saying we're going to re-examine it. People that are my fans have written me nasty emails of like, Candace, I love you. I've supported you. But this is something you don't understand. We've researched this for, for years for decades you couldn't possibly know what we know why are you so fearful <laughs> I haven't hmm. said anything yet you don't even know what we're going to present to you chill out maybe I'm going to come to the same conclusion as you well because it's scary to have to examine the possibility that you've been duped and that's why I say it comes with humility it comes with you know suffering from cognitive dissonance wondering how you could have possibly been misled and I think that if you're brave enough to go under that journey you're going to have a really fun and interesting time looking into this docuseries. It's a really great point because I'll even zoom it out from this case or any particular crime all the way to political philosophy, which is when you realize that maybe liberalism is kind of wrong. I remember when this happened to me in college, when I started to realize that liberalism, not just some crazy leftist, not just the most extreme kind of wokeism, but like just the liberal idea might be kind of wrong. That's extremely disorienting. It, 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 when, when you realize that, oh, the media often don't tell you the truth. When you realize that maybe in certain elections there have been some shenanigans and maybe it wasn't all totally pristine. When you realize that maybe the law isn't applied evenly to everybody, maybe BLM gets off the hook burning the country down for for eight months and some Midwestern granny gets thrown in the clink for, for January 6th, you, you think, well, how much of what I've been told is not true? You know, and it's, it's why I have so much grace for people who maybe they start out as a leftist, mm. then they become a fashionable libertarian type, then they become a more center-right kind of conservative. Before you know it, you know, they're t- to the right of Genghis Khan. <laughs> I don't knock them for having been wrong in the first place. There's a long way to go. There are a lot of layers to peel back here to realize how much we've been told that isn't true. You're describing me. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, and, and I always tell people- To some people, degree, me too, yeah. Yeah, and I wrote about it in my book that I actually took a year off to, to suffer through real cognitive dissonance. I thought I was going crazy. I mean, it, basically, you wake up one day and you find out that up and down is down is up. It, it, it is completely mind-shattering. It is something that you wonder, okay, am I insane? Are they insane? You feel weird because you've- been so strong and committed in your beliefs. Like maybe you're the person that wrote on Facebook, I disown all Trump supporters. If yeah. you're a Trump supporter, un, you know, unfriend me. How do you go back from that? And that's that's that humble pill that I'm talking about that you have to swallow and realize like, hey, I was duped. We're all capable of being duped. None of us are above it. I'm still capable of being duped, you know? And I, and I recognize that now, which is why I try to pursue all of the facts before making any of a determination because I know that for the first part of my life, and this is in large part due, obviously, to like, you know, low-income family, public school system. I was totally a part. I grew up in Connecticut, right. you know, so blue. And so I I really was just a victim of my surroundings and also a victim of what I believe to be a pretty nefarious public school system and, and the education system, Department of Education, that is kind of rinsing us with these ideas. This is what's bad. This is what's good. You're a black girl. You're going to be a Democrat. Um, so I don't fault myself any of that. I think I would fault myself for not having the courage to look at the other side. And then once I had, once I saw a little glimpse of the truth, 
if I was too scared and I shut the window on it, I would fault myself. And instead, I pursued it. And you're right. It was a journey. And I kind of was in the middle. And I was still holding on to some stuff like, oh, well, maybe it's okay to be pro-choice. And, you know, maybe gay marriage is not all that bad. And now I'm like, I, I make you and Clarence Thomas look like libs. Yeah. <laughs> right. For, that libs. Pretty soon, you might go all the way. Or you're going to end up a communist. You're going to go so far. <laughs> you're going to come around the other way. So uh, what's important about this this series, too, I think, is— it's getting into this very particular case because we we can zoom out and say, oh, what they're doing to Trump is bad or, oh, you know, immigration policy is bad or, so, you know, the 30,000 foot view. But lies like this in service of a political agenda, they permeate everything. They go all the way down, even to these tiny local, whoever the hell this guy is in a small little case in the middle of nowhere. That happens much more frequently. That happens every single day. So before I let you go, I'm going to try one more time to just pull out of you all the secrets of this doc. So, that, But I know you can't, we, I want to enjoy it. I don't want you to spoil the whole series for me, but what can I look forward to? I'll give you all the spoilers right now. You've okay, broken good. me down. Right. <laughs> Here's what I will say. I think if we are taking a bird's eye view, it, it's just, just what you're hitting upon. The real victim in this case was Teresa Hallback. You were talking about a woman who was in her early 20s, just starting her life, who was fearful of Stephen Avery, who was found, she well, she wasn't, she was found in a burn pit. She was raped, she was mutilated. She uh, was cut up into little pieces. They had to use her bone fragments to even put together her DNA. She had a devout Catholic family who handled this with extreme grace. And because of the poisoning of the media, that family was attacked, you know, because of people like Alec Baldwin, a mob of Senate online to tell them wild conspiracy theories, people that she had like gone with the cows to Mexico. I mean, the the conspiracy theories that people came up with because they refused to examine the facts in the case and because a Netflix documentary had led them to believe that a man, Stephen Avery, was completely innocent is shocking. You know, it it gets to a a place of evil. And I I was left really just thinking about her. And I wanted to make sure as we did this docuseries that we also told the story of the real victim in this case because Mm. Netflix led everybody to believe that it was Stephen Avery. Um, and that the perpetrators were the police. The victim in this case was the young woman who lost her life in one of the most horrific ways, unimaginable if you're a parent, Teresa Hallback. And taking you on that journey, there are so many plot twists. Nobody even knows anything about the Avery family. No one knows anything about Teresa Hallback's family. They were also focused on this narrow narrative and seeing all of the facts around it, I think is going to be mind-blowing for a lot of people. So we're really looking forward to bringing it. 10 full episodes with me featured and tons of other people, including Stephen Avery's family. We wanted to give everybody a fair shake. Wow. I can't wait. Is it all coming out at once, or is it going to be one of these drip, drip, drip kind of things? Drip, drip, drip. Okay, no. First episode's free. It's going to be available on X. Everybody can watch it. We're going to do this kind of live viewing event. And then the second episode will be free on Daily Wire Plus. And then I know by then you are just going to want to binge watch the rest of it, which will be available on Daily Wire Plus. And you're like a drug dealer. You I go, am. you give out the little taste. Little the first bit. taste is free. First taste is free. You I can't that. wait. Take it I home. can't wait. We'll we'll see it. Well, there'll be the live live viewing that'll be for everybody, and then then you come on into the inner sanctum. You get the real stuff. Candace, my dear, thank you. I look forward to seeing it. Always an honor, Mr. Knowles. Get ready to go watch it. Okay, I want to get to the Mike Pence clip. So, speaking of the future of conservatism, Mike Pence says that the GOP right now is at a crossroads and can go in one of two directions. Here within the Republican Party, I think we have a choice to make, and that is whether or not we're going to offer the American people 
a candidate and a standard bearer that will carry forward the common sense conservative agenda of a strong national defense, American leadership in the world, fiscal responsibility and pro-growth policies, a commitment to traditional values and liberties and life, or whether or not we'll follow the siren song of populism, unmoored to conservative principle. I really like Mike Pence. I think he's an honorable guy. I just think he happens to be wrong here. What we're hearing is the same sort of thing we heard in 2016, which is that we've got the conservatism, which is principles. And the principles are cut taxes, fund, add more military funding, X, Y, and Z. Or populism, which that's Donald Trump. And it's sort of ironic coming from Mike Pence because Mike Pence was the running mate and vice president for Donald Trump who is considered the face of American populism. But that word populism, I'm not sure it really means anything as it is used. It's just used as a term of derision, all this populism from the people on the left and from the liberals on the right. We need to cut out this populism. What is populism? Populism means different things at different times. Politics is eternal principles applied to ever-changing circumstances. And sometimes you focus a little bit more on the principle side, sometimes more on the circumstance side. And populism is is, uh, much more sensitive to changing circumstances. But what it boils down to is a recognition that there is a chasm between the people and the supposed representatives of the people. And when the people feel like they're being gypped and they're not actually being represented in the government— then you're going to see rising populism. That that is not a siren song. That's an important alarm. That's a warning sign that something has gone wrong in your body politic. Neither party, neither base group of voters, the liberals or the conservatives, has faith any longer in American elections. The left has questioned way more elections than the right has. And the right obviously is, is skeptical of the 2020 election. We no longer really believe in our system of justice. The left has for years said the system of justice is being weaponized against racial and sexual minorities, and I, I think that's largely not, not true. But the right is pointing out, well, hold on, the, the justice system is being weaponized against conservatives and pro-lifers and Catholics and Midwestern grannies from January 6th, and so we don't have faith in that any longer. We say, wait, hold on, our economy is no longer really working for us, and the representatives, so-called, in the Republican and Democrat parties, are they're all for outsourcing. They're all for sending our manufacturing overseas. They're all for free trade deals that are supposed to boost up GDP. But a lot of people, especially working class Americans on the left and the right, are getting squeezed here. They don't feel like they're being represented. What is the future here, conservatism or populism? Ironically, what is being called populism is a much more solid and traditional and classical form of conservatism before the chic, corporate kind of libertarianism of the last three decades took over. Protect your workers, build up your industry, secure your borders. That's, if that's populism, if that's not conservatism, then I don't know what I, I guess I'm not a conservative. I, that seems pretty conservative and basic to me. And you have to take populism Seriously, because otherwise you could have a lot more political instability. And I, th- and I think the people in this case have a real point. There's a, there's a good reason why 
the American people don't really have faith in elections anymore. Well, here's the story. I'll tease it. I'm such a tease. This liberal group is filing a 14th Amendment lawsuit to keep Trump off a ballot in Colorado. If the people were being represented, if our form of government were really synonymous with democracy right now, then no one would, would worry about Donald Trump being on a ballot. If, if the ruling class really believed that Trump could never win a general election, then they wouldn't be trying to kick him off the ballot because they say, okay, he's going to be on the ballot. He's going to get absolutely trounced at the ballot. So no big deal. Move on. But that's not really what they believe. They believe that the people want to elect Donald Trump just as they elected him in 2016. And who knows what happened in 2020. And, and they at least fear enough that they could elect him in 2024 despite their protestations to the contrary, that they want to kick him off of the ballot. That's my tease. We'll get more into that story tomorrow. For now, though, the rest of the show continues. You do not want to miss this Membroom Segmentum. Head on over right now to dailywire.com. Use code Knowles at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Gear up for the great outdoors with Forlow, the brand that's revolutionizing outdoor apparel. Forlow's non-compromised, 100% American-made outdoor apparel protects your body from the elements so that your mind stays focused on the hunt, on the water, or on the trail. Your adventure starts with a solid foundation, which is why Forlow's base layer is designed to provide the comfort and insulation you need to keep going when the temperatures drop. Their uniquely breathable down layer ensures that you stay warm without overheating. And since proper protection goes beyond insulation, the final layer, a waterproof shield, completes the system. From UPF sunblocking material that shields you from harmful rays to polygene technology that masks your scent, Forlow's innovative designs and cutting-edge material ensures that you can focus on the adventure, not the elements. Their commitment to innovation and American craftsmanship will carry you beyond the known and into the unknown where the journey truly begins. Get the most out of your time in the outdoors and go to forlow.com and use code DAILYWIRE for 20% off your purchase. That's forlow.com, code DAILYWIRE.